This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This week, we're having a guest on the show that's not even a race car driver. He, I don't even know if he's ever said in one, but we're going to ask him today. A good friend of mine, Kevin Dedman, with the, the lead singer of the band Dirty Grass Soul, and got quite a few questions for him today. Uh, he's actually going to be playing the pre-race party at Fairbury, Illinois, Fairbury uh, Raceway this weekend, uh, Thursday night. So you can check him out there if you're going to Fairbury this week. We're going to be talking a lot about Fairbury coming up on the show here. And also, uh, I mean, just many other things. And there was a lot of racing this weekend, uh, almost too much to keep up with. I uh, I got to watch a few of them there this weekend. Of course, Kyle Bronson picked up the biggest win of the weekend there in the Lucas Oil Series at the Silver Dollar Nationals, I-80 Speedway in Greenwood, Nebraska, paying 53000 to win. Tyler Erb won the 30000 to win race on Thursday night, uh, one of his biggest career wins ever. And, of course, uh, that was Kyle Bronson's biggest win in his career as well. So, couple of big races there. Um, I-75 Raceway raced uh, the Southern Nationals on July 20th there, and Dale McDowell picked up the win out there over Ryan King, a good friend of the show. Ryan King finished second there, won a pretty strong run for him. So uh, probably get Ryan King on the show here pretty soon too. He'll, he'll be a good talker, so uh, congratulations to him. Uh, then Ross Bells picked up the big win. In the uh, Rebel Yale this weekend, the Slur Nationals event down at Scraven Motor Speedway in Sylvania, Georgia, for $10,053 to win. And Devin Moran picked up the um, the Jim Dunn Memorial at Muskingum County Speedway in Zanesville, Ohio. And also Devin Moran won on Friday night as well at Ponderosa. So, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, was a pretty good weekend for Moran. Picked up $20,000, you know, going into this week here at Fairbury at Falls. So, a couple of good uh, wins for him. Ashton Winger and Bobby Pierce both swapped uh, wins all week on the Summer Nationals Tour. And, uh, of course, uh, Randy Weaver. Got to give a good shout-out to Randy Weaver. It was good to see him back in victory lane at Rome Speedway last night in Rome, Georgia. Uh, and, and plus, there was a lot of other races this weekend. It's just too many to even even get to. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to uh, welcome the guest to the show here today, Kevin Dedman. Thank you for coming and being on the show today, Kevin. Tell, tell us who you are a little bit. Yeah, it's great to be uh, on the podcast, Kyle. Appreciate you having me. Uh, you know, I'm a lifelong racing fan, uh, and so it's great to be here in the studio with you and get to talk a little racing and a little music and everything in between, man. Yeah, this is probably uh, probably going to be a pretty neat episode. I, I don't know if you... Uh... Uh, you know, you racing people that don't like music, you better just stay tuned because I, I know we got some good stories here to get into on the show here today uh, with Kevin. Of course, Kevin and his band Dirty Grass Soul are going to be playing Thursday night out there at Fairbury, uh, Illinois. And of course, they've played at a lot of different racing events over the over the past few years and have kind of become a staple. You know, we've uh, had a lot of fun together over the past few years, haven't we? No doubt, no doubt. Uh, the dirt track racing community, uh, I've I've kind of you know, been adopted by a lot of people in it and uh, become buddies, uh, close friends with a lot of them. And uh, I feel close ties to it because it reminds me of the the dirt racing community is a lot like the under, you know, the the community that uh, of artists that we kind of have uh, with the, the people that aren't on the, uh, you know, pop country radio per se. There's a ton of great music out there. Um, and 
I, I really relate and think a lot of the fan base is also the same people, man. And uh, uh, it's, it's just a community I fell in love with and a type of racing that I really, really love. Well, you didn't just you didn't just fall into it here recently. You've grown up around racing all your life, dirt racing, and uh, of course, I know your your granddad drove the water truck at Thunder Valley Speedway and drove it sideways. Uh, yes. Tell me some of your earliest memories of, of going there, and also tell me about how he drove that water truck sideways, if you know. Yes, that was a <laughs> uh, that was definitely my introduction to dirt late model racing. For those of you that remember Thunder Valley Speedway in Lawndale, North Carolina, uh, that's right up the road from our house. I'm from Shelby, North Carolina, born and born and raised and lived there my whole life. And uh, when I was little, uh, in the early, you know, I was born in 91, but in the mid to late 90s, Thunder Valley was really a hidden jewel in the South. Uh, Scott Spangler owned and uh, on the track at the time, and they really had a lot of, uh, you know, we're starting to have some crown jewel type events there, uh, you know, between the, the, the inaugural several Grassy Smith memorials that are now at Cherokee were there. I uh, remember going to that and uh, the fall brawl, seeing your your Scott Bloomquist, your Buck Simmons, your Freddie Smiths, your uh, you know Mike Duvall, all the all the guys like that. Um, watching them race in the early '90s and mid '90s, and then meeting uh, you know some of the NASCAR guys that wound up coming back there. I've seen Tony Stewart run there, uh, Ken Schrader ran there, Bill Elliott met Bill Elliott there, Jeremy Clements, you know ran four cylinders there for a long time, and then late models before he. Moved on up into NASCAR and uh, granddad driving the water truck, though. That was uh, something I wish I could go back and do again just one more time. Because, man, uh, it was a sight in itself. Uh, I'm not exaggerating when I say people would show up early to watch him drive the water truck. Because it was pretty high banked. It was a, it was a full half mile, pretty long straightaways. And uh, it was it was a kind of a mixture of Lancaster and Cherokee. If you could, you know, not quite as long as Lancaster, but and uh, but similar, you know, long yeah. straights and everything. And, uh, man, he would get rolling, and, and the, the water truck rig was a semi with a, with a water tanker on the end. So when he would pitch it in the turn, you had to have it rolling or it would start sliding down the bank. And I can remember him having the, the tractor part, up at the top of the turn, you know, and the water tanker is sliding down the track <laughs> underneath him. And so we're going around there and I'm looking, you know, a little kid and I see this trailer, like almost looking like it's passing us on the inside. And Papa's just like grinning, grabbing gears, just laughing. <laughs> and I'm, you know, as a little kid, I was a little scared to be honest with you. I'm like, Papa's crazy, you know? <laughs> and man, he, he never put me into any situation where I would have got hurt. And, uh, we always made it out grinning on the other side, and I would love to go back and do it again. I would, too. You know, I was there, too, in those times, and uh, I don't know. Our, it's a wonder our paths never really crossed in those days, but I, I can remember going there, too, in those early in those those years and seeing and seeing that water truck. And one night he spun it around and just started going the other way. And my dad, I remember his comments. He said, I don't think he meant to do that. Yep. And you you put you put a line in, in a song about it. Yeah, our song Granddaddy was a trucker, which uh, my that grandfather that I'm talking about, he, you know, retired from Carolina Freight, which was a big trucking company. A lot of people remember it was one, you know, one of the bigger national companies, but it was based out of Cherville, North Carolina, mm -hmm. which is right beside uh, Shelby, not too far from here, and uh, when Papa retired from there, that was just he still want he loved racing and everything, so he went over to 
Thunder Valley and started doing that. And that night, that particular night, what I'm talking about, the trailer, how it would kind of get to coming down the bank and underneath, well, he didn't have enough speed built up, and the trailer actually did, and it drugged the tractor trailer. You know, it started spinning it out. So Jackknife. Yeah, and it rather than jackknifing it, though, what a lot of people had done, and they had flipped that rig before, they would slam on brakes and panic when it did that. He would keep gassing it up and grabbing gears. <laughs> and so as that trailer starts around, instead of stopping, he's gassing it up and just lets it spin on around and then takes off running the other way around the track. And, I mean, never touched a thing. It was like it a was thing of beauty. Yeah, it was. I mean, people were like standing up and cheering the water truck driver, which is like, when do you ever see that happen? Yeah, and I haven't ever forgot it. Like I said, my dad caught, said something about it, and I, yeah. I remember seeing it. And, and I've been to a lot of Monster Jam shows and a lot of these big events and stuff. I don't know if I'd ever seen anything that spectacular. And I don't know if I appreciated it that much at the time seeing it, but looking back at it and and – uh, you know, driving yeah. a truck a little bit myself and stuff. I was like, man, that guy was talented to pull that off. Knowing what I know now, <laughs> man, it's like you didn't know what you were missing or what you were experiencing, you know, and that, I guess that holds true on a lot of things. You almost don't know what you're experiencing in the moment till you look back on it and you're like, man, that was really something special. And uh, a lot of those times, I mean, you know, there were there were guys that would come up and high five him, and they're like, "Man, you drove the wheels off of it." And it would be guys that now I found out who they were and know about them. I'm like, "Those were racing heroes of mine." Now, and you know, like high fiving them, yeah, you drove the heck out of that water truck, <laughs> and you know, it's, yeah, it's awesome. Well, yeah, so man, we could probably talk about the water truck all day. I don't for sure. People are listening to this have no idea how spectacular that that moment was that we still remember it and that's pretty crazy all these years later and uh, that we appreciated it but but yeah so what are some other 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 early memories of uh of you going to some races back in those days you know yeah just a lot with uh my grandfather there at thunder valley um and that like i said was what really um, made me fall in love with the sport of dirt late model racing i remember uh and, and the niceness of the drivers and the approachability of all the drivers. I got to catch up with Jeff Smith, and I know you had him and uh, Freddie recently on your podcast here. And uh, uh, Freddie Smith, you know, m getting his autograph. And what a true gentleman he was. The nickname Southern Gentleman was well-earned. I mean, he, he really was a Southern gentleman. And uh, Duval, the Flintstone Flyer, seeing iconic cars like that that just as a little kid you just fall in love with and then – course it was right around the time when bloomquist had switched from the 18 and i remember the first time seeing that yin and yang you know on uh -huh. the zero roll end and you're just like man this guy is larger than life and um i love it uh the my favorite memory i think of the races back in those days though were uh duval had gotten out of the flintstone flyer and this may have been his last crown jewel win he won uh the udtra or have a Tampa, I believe. 2002. Yeah. It was the, and it was Ronnie Johnson had stepped out of that car, Barry Correct. Wright car. Yeah. Yep, I was there. And uh, I remember that car. It was all scratched up down the right side. And I yep. can remember us saying, man, Ronnie Johnson ain't never drove something that that rough. <laughs> but it was Duval driving it. Duval, and yeah. you're right. Yeah, he won that night. Yeah, because I kept hearing him say, Mike Duval, and you know, you're looking for the Flintstone Flyer, and then you're just seeing this five gapping everybody. Yeah. And yeah, it was Mike Duval on the five, and I think, you know, I'm not sure on the numbers, but I do think that was one of his last really signature wins, and it was a it was an awesome moment in the Barry Wright car, and it was pretty cool to be there and experience that. Yeah, and then of course Duval joined forces with Barry Wright there after that, and they put that 
good looking house car together there and ran that for a couple of years. But that probably was one of Duval's final like big wins because I mean he beat them all that night. Yep. Sure. And I remember that. It's crazy how we can sit here and remember that kind of stuff. And it, that stands out to me mm -hmm. in my memory. I sat up in turn four that night on the back of a uh, in a lawn chair or something on the back of a pickup truck, I think. Yeah, the old hillside, man. It was yeah. so... That, that was, was what was cool about it that was. place. There, yeah, there wasn't a bad seat in the house because you could just park up on yeah. the hillside and see everything. The grandstands were empty every single week, but that was because everybody backed their trucks up around the hill and watched it, so... Yep, and you had the, you know, between Thunder Valley's Friday night, Cherokee was Saturday night, and that Thunder and Lightning division was uh, great, too. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back on the other side and talk to you more. You're listening to the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. Burning Rubber Radio goes behind the scenes of all your favorite divisions of racing from NASCAR to ARCA, IRL to IMSA. If it's race, they talk about it. Join Andy DeLay and the crew weekly to find out more on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media, and your favorite podcast platforms. With everything from resto mods to number matching classics, American muscle to European exotics, Watch as a dazzling array of vehicles cross the block at GAA Classic Cars Auction. Tune in on MAV-TV Thursday, July 29th. Check your local listings for channel and time. Well, we're back here with Kevin Dedman. Kevin, before that, we were talking about uh, racing and everything, but, uh, you know, you've got this band, Dirty Grass Soul, and I want to find out, I want our listeners to find out a little bit more about that and uh, your background with music and everything and how yeah. maybe that tied all into racing somehow. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it takes a wide circle. We could talk for hours about that. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, I started out, uh, and Kyle and I have a for those listening. Uh, Kyle has a vast knowledge of of racing, as you know, and dirt late model racing. But he also has a immense knowledge of music, and that's probably what brought our friendship together too. And and when we first met, um, you know, so I started playing the violin. That was my first instrument. I played in the school orchestra. The only reason I did, though, is because growing up, I idolized Charlie Daniels. That was uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia was just, to me, that was my favorite song growing up. Um, you know, I would remember seeing the movie Urban Cowboy and uh, with the scenes of him playing at Gillies and just thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. A big cowboy hat and, you know, just his whole persona, bow hairs going everywhere. Uh, so I... You know, in sixth grade, you had to pick an instrument in, in the Shelby schools. And so I picked the violin for the sole purpose of learning. Just I just wanted to, to play it long enough that I might could learn how to play Devil Went Down to George. And if I could just do that, then <laughs> oh, that was that was my end goal with music. I had no aspirations other than that with music. And uh, just started playing through school. I wound up picking up the guitar later uh, once I got into high school. And, um, you know, I was playing sports and everything through middle school, but I really... Just kind of had a knack for the violin and the, the the music. It came naturally. I don't. Nobody in my family really ever did it. It just. I don't know. It was something that just came naturally and uh, enjoyed it. So I quit playing sports just to focus on the music and uh, started playing the guitar. Like I said, toward the end of high school, and then started writing some of my first songs. There, my junior and senior year of high school, my first song, "New York to Carolina," was the was the first one I ever wrote. And I wrote it on the way back from Carnegie Hall. Our orchestra got to take a trip to Carnegie Hall in New York City and play, uh, which at the time that was, you know, and Carnegie Hall is just a, I mean, it's a, it's the Eldora of the music world. You know <laughs> what is, I mean? Yeah. To, to, to describe it, it's just, um, it's, it's certainly a place that you want to play if you're a musician. And uh, on the way back, though, 
New York City was, I'm a small town Southern boy, and it was a lot for, you know, a country boy that grew up on a cattle farm in Shelby to take in. And so I wrote the song. It's a real long way from New York to Carolina on our school bus as we're riding back with my buddy Tony Watson. And uh, then that was the first song I ever wrote, and I've wrote a lot since. Wound up going to NC State, though, for mechanical engineering because I wanted to get into racing. That, that whole time while I'm going to high school and middle school, I had a love for racing, and I'm still going to Thunder Valley. Wound up shutting down kind of when I was in high school or, or fading off a little bit, changing ownership. So I'd go to Cherokee, you know, a lot on weekends because Cherokee's not too far away from the house either. They're in Gaffney, and, uh, um, you know, that I wanted to go to state, learn, take mechanical engineering classes, get into the racing industry, be it in NASCAR or uh, dirt late model racing, and, well, wound up, I, the music thing kind of started picking up some traction while I was in college. And uh, if you've ever been in mechanical engineering classes, you know uh, you've got to have 100 percent attention focus. to that. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, Kevin Rumley probably didn't get where he's at from playing guitar when he was supposed to be <laughs> studying SolidWorks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, anyway, that that kind of derailed my mechanical engineering and and everything, and uh, wound up changing majors, but. The love of all that uh, still stayed, and um, then I wound up starting the band while I was at State. It was more of just a college fun time during that era, and uh, just were playing, you know, local college bars and that kind of thing, and really just having fun with buddies uh, and doing it. You know, like, I mean, obviously, when you're playing in a band, you would be lying if you said part of it wasn't to pick up girls and <laughs> everything, you know, you're in college, and... Uh, just having a good time. And I think around that time is probably when I met Kyle and his brother Casey at Freeman's Pub in Gastonia, uh, where they're from. And uh, I was wondering if you remembered that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I definitely yeah. remember it because y'all had these old cowboy hats on that looked like, talking about Charlie Daniels, looked uh -huh. like something straight out of the urban cowboy movie. And um, I remember seeing Kyle and Casey in there. Brandy Davis, actually, who's, uh, you know, she's uh, – was bartending there at the time. I think she's, you know, uh, been in the dirt racing community for a long time. A lot of folks probably yeah. know her. And um, she said, she reached out to me. She said, you guys have got to come hear this band, Dirty Grass Soul. Yep. And I said, uh, absolutely, we'll be there. And I'd seen videos of y'all play before. And uh, and by the time I got there, I was like, man, I feel like I know these guys or something. Yep. You know, I feel like we'd known each other for years. And we just... We 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 picked up right there, and we hadn't uh, slowed down since, you know, yeah. friendship and everything. I know. I think it was like, seems like after that night, then I saw y'all at maybe there was like, seems like there was a Lucas Oil race or something at Cherokee, you know, the next weekend, and I saw y'all there and then sat beside y'all, and just my dad was with me, and then Henry was there with y'all, and we've been, yeah, just buddies ever yeah. since, man. Yeah. Lots of miles and shows and races since then, for sure. Yeah, love your whole family, indeed, and stuff. So it's it's been a good, it's been a lot of fun, you know. We, no and doubt. you know, we, uh, you know, you talk about the band and everything. Uh, as far as you know, you you guys have played a lot of gigs between here and there, and this and this and that. But but man, you've got but you've I'm trying to work it into racing here somehow. So you've played at Cherokee Speedway a time or two, and then. Mm -hmm. Uh, that one year when y'all went to Eldora, I lined it up. Y'all played at the St. Henry nightclub till like three in the morning, shut it down. Absolutely. Next year we went back there. Everybody that was there, still there, you know, eating dinner and everything came by and thanked you and everything. Yeah. And that meant a lot to them. So got to give a shout out to Bill Dews <laughs> too. There's, there's yeah. a lot of listeners that I'm sure if you've ever been to Eldora, been to St. Henry's nightclub, Bill Dews is the, Bill Dews is the owner and on Dwayne Chamberlain's number 20 car that would run in Eldora, you mm -hmm. know, a lot. And, uh, 
Bill's a great guy, man, you know, and I appreciated him for having us up there for sure. Yeah, that was a good one there. And then, uh, you know, we've had a lot of fun, but that, that was that was a lot of fun, even though many people didn't come down from the racetrack. But God, see, the problem was it rained that night and it yeah. pushed the program back so late that nobody really went out. Well, I think the after. race was over at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, so it was like by the time I showed, I had to start. It was like time for the show to be over, yeah. you know. And, uh, but we had a great time nonetheless. Hopefully we can do that again sometime, get get to go back to Illinois. The best concert <laughs> of it, the best concert of it, and where we made more friends and anything, and, you know, was uh, the campground party, though. That yeah. was worth the whole trip. Yeah, exactly, man. That was that was a lot of fun. You know, we, uh, we were selling your merch and selling hats and T-shirts, and, I mean, you made enough money there to put diesel in your truck to come back up there three more years No doubt, row, I think. Yeah, I think we sold, you know, maybe next to Bobby Pierce ripping the fence or Davenport and Bloomquist. <laughs> I think we sold as many T-shirts out of the Probably. out of the camper in the campground as anybody. I Probably. Think. We had, yeah, we had a great time. So yeah, that and then you're talking about the next year now that you did come back for the world and it rained it out. Well, we we had so much fun and it rained the race out because y'all were there playing the music. The whole campground really enjoyed it and just dove in. But great time, a lot of fun going to going to Eldora that time. Hopefully we can. Uh, hopefully you'll get to go back up there maybe this year for the world or something. Yeah, I'm planning on it. I have to maybe maybe uh, take us a little trip up there and take <laughs> that weekend off because man, that the World 100 and Dream 100 are just such. Uh, iconic events and uh, that facility is just second really you know to none and what they've done up there and it's just uh yeah i mean you, you can't really describe it until you go there well this coming weekend you know you're playing thursday night up at fairbury illinois at the fairbury uh speedway and that's got to be pretty exciting you know you've you've raced there a lot on high racing and we'll talk well i yeah. want to talk some more about high racing oh but, yeah uh yeah this weekend this thursday night if any of you fans listening are going to be at fairbury definitely go check these guys out it's a big part of why we're uh having him on the show tonight uh so yeah tell tell us about that yes yeah, so we're doing the thursday night uh party that's a big shindig they have there to kick off the uh prairie dirt classic uh and the I've heard so much about the, the Prairie Dirt Classic and Fairbury American Legion Speedway. Uh, I really appreciate them for having us up. They're having the whole band up there. Uh, and so we're taking everybody. It's uh, We got a lot of equipment we're taking up there. And, man, we're going to put on a huge show up there for them and hope everybody enjoys it Thursday night. Uh, it's going to be probably, I would say, around 8 o'clock. But they got events going on all evening from a cornhole tournament, I believe, to, you know, auctioning off some door panels and everything for local charities. A lot of drivers are going to be there making appearances. And uh, we're, then we're playing a concert afterwards. But, uh, you, you know, while I'm thinking about it, I want to say a special thank you to Matt Curl and Gunnar Sullivan, Mike Norris, uh, all the guys up there at Fairbury that made it possible. And they've been so great uh, to work with the band. And we're just stoked to get to be up there for it. It's, um, you know, all the videos I've seen of Fairbury, it just, the town, the track, the environment, everything uh, from that I've heard, it's just a one-of-a-kind event, and we're looking forward to getting up there and getting to getting to perform for all the fans there. But then uh, Friday and Saturday, I'm, I'm almost just as excited about getting to <laughs> just hang out as a fan Friday and Saturday after we play the show Thursday and just getting to stay and watch the racing. Yeah, yeah, you'll get to see the race. They might even get you to sing the national anthem there one night. No, 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 <laughs> sir. Listen, I, this is what I told Gunner was talking to me, and, and you can quote me on this. I said, Gunner, Rusty Shields Rusty. sings the best national anthem, and if Rusty is there, I do not want to sing the national anthem. I want to enjoy it, and I want you to get Rusty Shields 
That man, uh, if you've ever heard him sing the national anthem, he's done it. I know at Eldora, and I think the All Gateway over. Dirt Nationals. That man is a singing. He shows uh, up everywhere. He does. He's a great singer. That he's is a phenomenal national anthem singer, and yeah. uh, I love hearing that guy sing the national anthem. Yeah. So he's doing the anthem. <laughs> I get to I get to drink Bush Light and listen to a uh, Rusty Shield sing the national anthem, which is perfect for me. They call him Bush Lattes up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've even got a song about Bush Light. Oh, for you? certain, for certain. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to play that one up there. That's that's like that's got that's gonna have to become the theme song of Fairbury because that's all they drink up there. No doubt, <laughs> man. Uh, Gunner, I mean, uh, uh, Gordy Gundecker yeah. uh, is already. He's messaged me saying uh, he's ready to drink some Bush lattes. Mike Norris, old Nick JD, Hoffman will maybe, be there. Uh, Nick will be there. Nick Hoffman hadn't lost but about one race since uh, first of June. So. I was talking to Mike on the way here, and he said they are gunning for him. Uh, you yeah. know, every obviously everybody, but I think the UMP show for the Prairie Dirt Classic is five thousand to win. So Nick's coming in what seventeen victories on the Hell Tour, something like uh, that. Yeah, and. Uh, just overtook Mike Harrison as the all-time winningest driver, I think, in the UMP mods. Him and, so and Mike they, are back and forth right oh now. Oh, yeah, and so there's going to be – they and they've been having some – they've been beating some fenders here the past couple races, so I think you might see that come to a head this weekend. What's spectacular about that, you know, is uh, is Nick Hoffman. He he really only had to win 12 races on that tour. to, yeah. or, or They take your best 12 races is what I'm trying to say. Well, he not only won 12 races, he won 16 or 17 of them so far, so – easily is the champion so yeah. whenever he gets back to mooresville it's gonna to have to be a hell of a good party I oh think. it's gonna be a big party I'm we'll, sure, we'll probably get him on the podcast and and just recap all of that once he gets back if he'll do it so no doubt but, but yeah that's gonna be fun this weekend uh um tying I, into the racing you know and, yeah. and the music also that i was gonna say that was another <clears throat> connection with the the racing community uh was uh millbridge speedway obviously which we're here in mooresville at the studio recording right now and millbridge speedway is uh kind of blown up here in the past few years in the outlaw carton community and micro sprints and midgets and uh jeremy and ashley burnett that run that you know have uh become good friends of ours and they they were kind of one of the first tracks too that started having dirty grass so up there and i made friends with a lot of the dirt racing community there hanging out at millbridge and uh all those are good friends too, and I, I, all them said they're coming Thursday, so it, it it's going to be a great time. If you're listening and uh, yes, have time to make the trip up to Fairbury, we'd love to see y'all there this weekend. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people uh, headed toward Illinois this weekend. Kevin, we're going to take a quick break here, and uh, we're going to promo a tease of his new single coming up here, uh, "Cowboy," I believe it is. So we're going to we're going to uh, play a little snippet of that and uh, take a quick break here. Cause I'm a cowboy. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. Zero to 60 in less than a second seems unrealistic, right? Not on the iRacers download. Taylor Burris and Justin Prince take you behind the scenes of the iRacing world with drivers from the E NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series and more. Plus news and updates you'll only find here. The latest episode is available now on the Speedsport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media, and your favorite podcast platforms. Kevin Dedman here in studio with me today. Kevin, you'd be a good guest on that show because you've done a lot of eye racing over the past couple of years. You became one of the best in the country there at one time in the yeah. in the late models. I was uh, number four in the world in the dirt late models at one point in time. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. I was finished fourth in the eye racing pro world of outlaws series, and uh, um, you know it, that would it took up. I'd probably be a lot further along in my musical career if it were not for eye racing. <laughs> Uh, but it, I've had so much fun on there, man, and uh, especially last year when COVID, mm -hmm. you know, kind of wiped out everything for for the 
music community, especially in live events, but then for the racing community too, you know, there was a while where the racing world kind of shifted over to iRacing and that was when I really had uh, the most fun I ever had on iRacing. I, I'd been on it for years, you know, and starting all the way back when I was at college and um, then made the pro series and the of the dirt late model deal and just had a whole lot of fun with it really. I know I've been on it since uh, I've actually been a member of iRacing since before it went public. So like 2008, I think I signed up. Josh Berry sent me a, a link to it or something, you know, to, yeah. to like beta test it when it before it really ever came out. So, so I've been on it since you know from the ground floor, and uh, you know I've been doing it on and off ever since. But yeah, it's I don't do it. I don't have as much time now. Like, but though, like you're talking about last year, man, yeah. we got on there and had a blast. We had Jonathan Davenport in there on Discord no talking doubt. to us, and you name it, like they were all on there. Yeah, it was got to be kind of buddies with Jonathan through that, yeah. you know, and um, had Fergie over at the house one time. He the one of those Lucas Oil races they started. Uh, doing uh you know he yeah. ran ran his first i race over there at the at my house in, in my living room and now he's that. got a full blown i know yeah full-blown esports team chris ferguson yeah. esports and all that and uh, he's got guys that i think that is their job now uh blake majulis and evan c they've got that c majulis esports with chris ferguson and so it's it's crazy how much the i racing has blown up you know and you thought of it kind of as just a video game and fun. And to be honest with you, for me, it was. And when it started not being fun towards the end of last year, it started becoming like a job. And, you know, people were literally staying on there. That is their job, living on the computer. And I'm like, man, I've got I've got the band. I've got a kid. I, I can't spend, you know, <laughs> yeah. 12 hours a day on the daggum computer playing iRacing. And at that point, it's not fun. I enjoyed getting on there late at night, like what you're talking about, after we put the kids to bed or – I've, uh, you know, got done practicing or come on from a show even some nights and would hop on there and, you know, drink a couple cold beers. Uh, that, like during the COVID era, yeah, Jay, it wouldn't be nothing for Jonathan Davenport, uh, Chris Ferguson, Gordy Gundecker would be in there, Nick Hoffman with us, uh, Trent Ivey, uh, you know. you know, I mean, there's a plethora of guys. I think Moran was in there a couple times with us. Just yeah. you name it. I mean, it was really a ton of really good. Ricky Thornton Jr. is really good eye racer. Uh uh, the the Cabrays I know they're on there and uh, it's just, it's really it was it's, it's a great time man it's the who's who you know really was at that time man we had a lot of fun I, I was glad that I was able to be a part of that too and uh, you know I built a uh, me and my dad got out there and built a built my, built myself like a Simri kind of deal you know with a with a seat in it out of an old Miata and stuff and and put that together and about the time we got it done was really when things started opening up back last year yeah. I never really have really got to sit in it much and do it yeah. but I'm still I'm all set up next you know next time there's a pandemic and we ain't got nothing else to do I'm ready to go yeah no doubt man <laughs> maybe this winter when you know things yeah. slow down you can have a couple we can get together and have a couple nights that's what we need to do is just have a little series on there for guys that like don't live on it all the time I don't want to take it that serious like I want to get on there and somebody like I just want somebody to like send me a setup because I don't have yep. all day to work on it. Uh, and, and then nowadays these guys are charging money for these setups and oh, they yeah. don't give them out. No. So it may, it kind of deters me from wanting to get on there and have fun. So like what you're saying, if we could just jump in there at nine or 10 o'clock and run a fixed setup deal and yeah. 
you've got to drink two bush lights minimum <laughs> yeah. before you run the race. Like, you know, yeah. make some rules like that where it's fun time for everybody. That's pretty much what I do. And then Davenport, you know, he said he moved his refrigerator real close within reach. So he was sitting there drinking yeah. drinking beer and had a pyramid stacked yeah, up beside him. Yeah, sent a Snapchat of uh, the, his Lucas Oil, I guess, Rhino Ag or something, you yeah. know, part of the – I forget which sponsor it was for winning the Lucas Oil. They, they sent you a mini, a fridge. mini fridge with like his picture with the, you know, the championship trophy on it. Yeah. He's got it sitting there right beside his iRacing rig. Full stock full. But, but I, it's a funny story. <laughs> During that Lucas Oil race, you hear Davenport mic up and uh, he, he didn't know at the time how to cue his mic down. And uh, it was just hot all the time. And you hear like, whoosh, Hey, Rachel, get me another beer. <laughs> During the yeah. race, like, under the other day, it was awesome. That's funny. Yeah. Well, you know, you're talking about running that Lucas Oil race, and whenever they, they came out with that uh, that Lucas Oil eSports race, and it was live, and Bob Dilder and yeah. James Essex were broadcasting it on, on the air and everything on MAV TV, and, I mean, there was 10,000, 15,000 people watching it that night at Knoxville Raceway. Mm-hmm. And you were lucky enough to pick up the win that night. Tell me about that. Tell me how special that was that night. That was uh, crazy, man. Uh, <laughs> it's so I've never got to experience being a race car driver. That has always been a dream of mine. And if God knows, you know, hopefully if we get one of these songs to hit one day, that's that's always been a dream of mine. Uh, if I make enough living doing something to have the money to spend on it, I would love to have a dirt late model team or, you know, just even if it was just a crate car or something to have fun with, you know, and uh uh, that they had an open qualifier um, the night before where anybody could sign up for it, and uh, I signed up for it and won the open qualifier, qualified hot, t- hot fast time, led all the laps. So I, you know, by winning it, I think the top two drivers or top four drivers seems like from it got to uh, at least attempt to make the show the next night, and the next night was the Lucas Oil. Esports Knoxville Nationals, the inaugural Lucas Oil race. And Scott ever. Bloomquist was running it. Every just, basically every, yeah. every all your big names from the Lucas Oil. Yeah. yeah, Bloomquist was in it. Um, remember Jimmy Owens was in it. Davenport. It was a lot of their first Earl time. Earl Pearson Jr. I yeah. think. Yeah, all of them. Larson. I remember he was running in it. Um, they basically yeah, like you said, a who's who of that. You know, most of their big names. Bobby Pierce was in it. Um, and. I qualified pole for that, too. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man, <laughs> I might have a shot at this. And I, so I started pole heat one. Larson qualified. There were four heats. Larson qualified fifth. And I'm thinking, you know, I have I qualified hot, fast time the night before, led all the laps. I'm thinking I might just walk off with this. And uh, Larson is, a, you know, he's a badass. And uh, he jumped me. I remember, and or didn't jump the start. He just timed it perfect, like. Like, I guess that's why that guy's so good. And he beat me down into one and just kind of pinched me a little bit and got the outside on me. And uh, it was kind of had gone to the middle of the track at that time. Well, Larson passed me and um, won. He won. I couldn't get back by him because he just kind of ran the line that was, it had sort of got one lane at that point in time. And I just had to ride behind him. And uh, so I had to start like eighth or ninth in the feature. And uh, I was nervous because I'm like, man, I might have just blown my shot at winning this thing. And, I stayed patient. I knew my best bet was the long run because once it slicked off, that was where I was really fast the night before at just hugging the berm, throttle control, once it got really slick and just hugging the berm and letting everybody else go up there and tear their stuff up and try and beat the cushion down running the outside. And uh, I just stayed 
the course, and about lap 60, I took the lead and then checked out on them. <laughs> yeah, the rest was history, man. Yeah, ran off with it. It and was that, fun. And that was the Orange Blossom special paint scheme, too. Yes, sir. I, and I think that paint scheme, <laughs> if anybody ever saw it, I'm, I'm not one to brag, but that car was tough looking, and I, I would love to see that on a real car one day. Yeah, I would, too. You I know, definitely... between the music and everything and the theme of me oh, being a fiddle player, yeah, it was just like I – I just loved the, the look of it, you know, using the zero from orange as a, or using the orange, O from orange as the zero from a car. And it, it was just pretty cool, I thought. And then, and then we'll talk real briefly. So the next, the next race that Lucas did, uh, they kicked you out of racing, but they let you do the national anthem, I guess. Yeah, they did, man. Uh, <laughs> Bob Dillner called me during that week and, uh, he, he was nice about it, you know, and I was, I was, I ain't gonna lie. I was a little bummed out because I was, that was my one shot. I mean, I've that race, you can't understate how huge it was at the time because there were, like you said, I mean, it was 10,000 to 15,000 people on that Facebook stream. And it, it had the feel. Of course, it's not real, and that's not what I'm comparing it to at all. But the, like, emotions and the whole competitive aspect of it is 100% real, you know. I mean, even though it's a game, it's still real, and people are watching it, and it gave me that adrenaline rush. And the feeling of man, I'm here lining up alongside Scott Bloomquist, Jonathan Davenport, Kyle Larson, uh, you know, all these guys. And uh, it's just getting to win. It was incredible. And then when Bob, he called me though and said, Kevin, you know, uh, man, uh, we loved having you last week, but the, the sponsors, you know, they uh, they kind of want a little more of the focus to be on the, the guys that are dirt, <laughs> late model guys and, you know, real world drivers and everything. And so we're going we're gonna to have to – you know, ask you, maybe not let you run anymore. And he was he was so nice about it and cool about it and everything. And so I, I it bummed me out, no doubt. But I was just, hey, I retired from the Lucas Oil Series one for one. <laughs> one for one. <laughs> one yeah. undefeated, baby. Um, yeah, maybe you'll get you shot in the real world one day. If yeah, somebody yeah. hears this, they might say, damn, we need to put him in something. Yeah, so. I'd love to. I got a feeling I wouldn't be two for two if I got in a real <laughs> probably thing. But probably wouldn't be. I don't know. Hell, I would love to uh, at least just yeah make even if i just made some hot laps in one that would be awesome well kevin before we wrap this up we're getting we're getting close to that uh, i'd be remiss not to ask you about the uh the memes shared around the world you know a couple of weeks ago you played the oh, yeah. uh wings etc show down in gaffney south carolina for mackie flood and them guys and scott bloomquist kyle strickler chris ferguson trent ivy were there and they were all right in the background singing along with you and and those pictures went like global worldwide and you were right there in the center of it yeah, it's it's one of those stories that, uh, you know, just one of them things you had to be there for. <laughs> there is no way I can describe it on air and uh, get across just how fun that was. I mean, it was a blast of a night. Wings, etc. I think, sponsored Bloomquist car, you know, for, for uh, the Cherokee event they were having there the next night. And it was a perfect storm because it rained out. They called the Lucas race the night before for, for weather. So they, right before I start playing, they announced that the Lucas race is canceled. So they all look like, well, guess we can kind of kick it tonight. <laughs> we ain't got a race tomorrow yeah. night. So let's, let's kick back and have a good time. And, and a good time was had by all, man. You had Bloomquist hollering on the mic and singing and Fergie's up there. And yeah, Strickler and uh, Trent Ivy. It was an absolute blast. Like it can't be understated, understated how much fun it was. And we're going to do that event again. It was such a success. Um, September, I, I can't say the date off the top of my head, but whenever the 
uh, I believe it's World of Outlaws event. September, next time. it'll be the third, I think. The rescheduled Rock Galt Memorial Race, we're going to play the night before, and they're going to have the same deal, but we're going to actually have the full band for that deal this time. And so it's gonna, they're going to move <laughs> it outside in the parking lot, so it should be a large time. Well, you can, you can consider me... Uh, me in attendance there that night of course uh um one more thing we we you told me you were going to talk about it we hadn't ever got to that point yet but uh you said you watched the lost speedway show last week with uh with the pinsborough speedway yeah. episode and the and the hippie holler and all that and when we go to plum hollow every year in campabella south carolina and a lot of these listeners probably have no idea but but isn't that 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 relates so well to each other don't it talk about that just a little bit they do yeah and i know we're running out of time yeah because man we could talk so long on this (laughs) and there's another name that i want to throw in real quick before we have to go off air buddy smith uh who passed away recently yes absolutely Uh, buddy love is what i met him as at first though from playing down at plum hollow fest and him riding around on his go-kart golf cart uh smoking liquor and sipping cigarettes (laughs) as he would say buddy love and uh you know come to find out he's buddy smith racing legend later on and uh anyway though those music festivals down there like that uh, they're such a great time and uh that watching that pinsborough speedway episode it just made me wish man what would it have been like to to get to go to that because it almost sounded like those music festivals the the atmosphere of the music festivals we've been to you know and whatnot it almost just sounded like the hippie holler were they had that on the back stretch, I guess, and up there going up in the mountain there at Pennsborough Speedway. How cool would it have been to sit up there and oh, get to watch yeah. Jim Dunn come from the back of the B Main, you know, and then come on up and win the A Main and, and everything or, or just any of those events. I just, it's a shame. To my knowledge, I think the track is still there. It's just in yeah. disputes. Like, I mean, I think it theoretically could still be opened, right? Yeah, if they Re-opened. wanted to. I mean, they if, could probably have a local. Like, I mean, they, they could probably have a good crate race or something there if they yeah. wanted to. They've got a big reunion coming up there in a couple of uh, months in September. Ashley Ness, I talked to him at Charlotte last weekend. He invited me to come up for that. So, may go up and check that out for sure. That's going to be a good one. So, yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah. The. Uh, so yeah, you mentioned Buddy Smith real quick, and I know mm-hmm. we've got to we've got to wrap this up, but. Buddy Smith, we'll dedicate this episode to Buddy Smith. I know he was a huge fan of yours, a friend of ours, mm-hmm. uh, a friend of everybody. Buddy Love, Buddy Smith. Uh, uh, they had his memorial service yesterday, his funeral and everything, and I went to that and uh, wanted to put this out there on the show. You know, everybody came and told a bunch of good stories, and uh, you know, I uh, I enjoyed hearing all of them. I didn't I didn't tell anybody, you know, but I thought about some when I left there, and you know, I may tell them on the show another week, but uh, if if anybody wants to hear them, but yeah, we're pretty much out of time for today on the on the forward bike podcast but uh stay tuned after after this and uh, kevin's gonna play a song acoustic here in the studio here if he doesn't mind how about that oh yeah man brought the guitar let's do it all right well when i was young i thought it'd be a race car driver oh man all the stories i could tell of the races one on my knees Pushing a matchbox number three Well now I want them all I even won at Daytona And I held my trophy up high For a million screaming fans On a grandstand made of Lincoln Logs On an oval rug in my grandpa's Well, now the years go by and people change And I 
guess dreams can too Well, I still remember the year when Santa brought me my first guitar Oh, and all those epic concerts that I played For the Power Rangers and Batman My buddy William was my band Well, now we made it big, we even played the Grand old Opry And I sang Chattahoochee to a thousand screaming fans On a picnic table in the yard We just knew we were stars Well now the years go by and people change And I guess dreams can too Sometimes now we're sitting, I reminisce I still ain't got over our first kiss So I bought a ring and bought a home to build our family And all I got right now is all I'm ever gonna need Except for maybe a few little things I've still got a head full of dreams Well, now the years go by and people change And I guess dreams can too Box number three. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. That was uh, no Matchbox problem. number three right there. Yeah. On the, Y'all wow, will find it. Podcast, man. And go uh, check it out on yeah. Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Go see them in a show. That's the best way you can support them. Buy their T-shirts, buy their merch, buy their koozies. No doubt. And go see them. And if you're going to Fairbury this weekend, go see... Uh, go see the uh, band this weekend they're going to be live in action so uh yeah can't check wait. them out another episode of the forward bike podcast is in the books for this week can't thank kevin deadman enough for coming by the studio i have to do it again sometime man i'm your host kyle armstrong come back 